Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Today is going to be another good show, isn't it, David? It is indeed, man. I'm so excited. So I'm not going to take up even like more than 30 seconds of our guest's time today. And I'm going to let David introduce our guest, but I got to tell you this quick 30 second story. So I'm walking out to my car. I live on a street with an elementary school and the parents on this street, they drive like nuts. Right. And I'm just like, I'm like, Oh, these parents are just trying to get, I'm stuck in traffic trying to get here on time. And like, anyway, I look at my car window. Someone had written with their finger on my car window. Have a nice day. So I'm, all I'm like, oh, look at these nice kids, these parents. Anyway, so that was my story this morning. I'm turning it over to you. We got a guest host. I'm in a good headspace. I appreciated that. So David, tell us about Matt. Tell us about Matt Hudson. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to talk about him like he's not here. So, Let's do that. Yeah, I, uh, I actually got introduced uh, to Matt, I, I believe through my brother uh, years ago. And, and we've been, we, I kind of just fell in love with Matt's heart and methodology, you know, and his perspective, not, not just on business and real estate, but on life in general. And obviously that percolates and resonates into his real estate company, Colorado Home Realty. So um, we started working together. I started working on a, on a project with like feedback cultivation with Matt. We'll talk a little bit about today, but then I got to really see behind the curtain and understand how his business model operates. And it truly is a unicorn, right? Like we work with apex predators all over the country. We just came back from the hatch summit, you know, and all this and, and but to see what Matt has accomplished and done with a very alternative model needs to be shared. And so that's why he's here today. Uh, Matt, what did I leave out? Uh, I, I mean, I think it's a, a provocative statement for you to make of um, one that you fell in love with me. I don't know if you said it exactly that I way. I said I fell in love with your heart. Okay. No, I know, I, but I took it that way. Um, the, uh, the, uh, the, the other is, I, I mean, I think it's genuinely a provocative statement to say that the, our model is an alternative model, um, which I actually love. And I think it's a great launching off point into the discussion of where's the direction of this industry going? Um, I, and, and, you know, because we're just running a referral based business. Yeah, and be, uh, before you get too deep, Matt, I just want to frame it in context because I know that you are a humble gentleman. You will never say this out loud, but David, will you just give rough stats? Like, is he selling 10 homes a year, a hundred, a thousand, a million? What, what's the volume? What's his team? Just give us a, a little context. Yeah. And I'm, I might misquote this a little bit. So recalibrate me if I'm off Matt. but to the tune of something like 2,200 transactions ish year this year and, uh, and zero paid lead spend. Right. So, so one of the really interesting things is most of our clients, you know, that are running a thousand plus transactions, they're spending 30, 40, $50,000 a month on Zillow leads, 20 grand a month on PPC leads. And it's a huge expense. And for Matt, it's none. Okay. So, so, so when, so for, by the way, when Zach made this, uh, this headline of today, which says relationships, values, and skills that help you become a better agent, we got to change that topic. It was a good way to say it, but I got to change that topic. When we do the podcast replay, it should say over 2000 homes sold with zero paid lead spend. That's a provocative topic, right? Mm -hmm. Like that would get people on there to look at, like I, people want relationships and they want values and skills. But like when you just said that, David, I didn't realize you sold over 2000 houses with zero paid lead gen. That's, that is mind blowing. Yeah. Now, for full disclosure, I'm the broker owner. I started the company and I haven't sold a home in 11 years myself. So everything I say today was is has zero value whatsoever. So. <laughs> 
I love it. Well, so what, one of the things that I've got a list of questions I wanted to ask Matt on this, but I wanted to open up the conversation and, and really the, the point of bringing all of these guests on Jesse to agent power huddle is to just show you that there are alternatives to the status quo. And you're going to have to be able to adapt to what is coming down the pipe, which we know has already started right with, with referral based, you know, the, the Zestimate stuff, all the shenanigans going on with, hey, we're going to lease you over a transaction then take it back so you don't own the relationship that we need to position ourselves against, as well as volatility in the paid lead space, which is something Matt doesn't even understand because he's never had to deal with it, right? Other than me talking to him about it, which is fantastic. So Matt, if you would, please just give us a little bit of a background on, on you. You know, when you got into real estate and then what you've done over the last decade to get you to this 11 years where I'm not, done, you know, I haven't done a transaction. Yeah. Um, I mean, super quickly, I mean, this might be a little bit of an, uh, an indication of my personality and my mindset. I grew up on an island. I grew up on an island that was seven miles wide and 20 miles long. There were 900 people on the island when I was growing up. Um, it was a fishing village. It was a um, small town where everybody knew everybody, which was awesome and horrible at the same time. I had zero appreciation for the beauty and truly the magnificence, uh, magnificence of where I grew up, which is the San Juan Islands in Washington State. Um, and I grew up on a farm. You know, I grew up as a literally a farm kid with the cows and chickens and pigs and horses and the whole deal. Um, and uh, I grew up with this mindset because it was handed to me of incredibly hard work. I'm running a hay crew when I'm nine years old. I mean, everybody in my company makes fun of me because I tell these stories all the time because they're the metaphors for the choices that we make in our lives of what we actually want to accomplish and the hard work that we need to actually do. And it's really annoying. So welcome. Um, and, I, you know, kind of fast forward, I, I bounced around a little bit in my career. I lived over in Europe. I, you know, I've been in sales. I've been in project management. Um, I, I played um, a very high level baseball. Um, and uh, I've always just been a really competitive guy who wanted to be the best at whatever I chose to do. And uh, I got into real estate in 2002. So almost 20 years now. And um, I am I'm hopefully like many of you, I did it intentionally as opposed to, I don't know what the hell else to do with my life. Um, I had built homes during college um, and I, I fell in love with architecture and building. And, um, and I saw real estate as a mechanism through which I would meet a lot of different types of people. And that those um, deep conversations that revolved around this really important thing that we do, which is real estate, which is one of the greatest forms of wealth building in the United States, um, would lead to a lot of possibilities and opportunities and to meet a lot of interesting people. And, and over the years, I've started uh, five other companies in addition to my real estate company. Um, they've all been profitable and successful. Um, and, um, uh, you know, I, I had this love-hate relationship, frankly, with our industry up until about 2014. Um, I was unclear on purpose. I was unclear on why I was doing what I was doing. Um, and I was disgusted by our business. Uh, it is full of incompetence and mediocrity. It is the barrier to entry is so ridiculously low. Um, consumers are actually harmed. I haven't seen a business model that is actually focused on how do we actually help humans have a better human experience with this human interaction and transaction. Um, and, uh, and that's where kind of, I had the epiphany of, oh, that's my mission. That's my passion. And, um, and the last seven years has been this deep dive, both investigation and iteration of our business to facilitate what I have hoped to be, um, surrounding myself with people who are passionate about creating the best possible experience 
the most professional experience and ultimately the outcomes that are the best for the consumer, while it being a, an absolute partnership between agent and consumer, as opposed to what exists uh, in far too much of this industry. Um, so that's a little bit of background. We've got about 120 agents in my company. Um, we'll, we'll end up the year probably around 2000 transactions this year. Um, we started the year with about 100 agents, um, just maybe a little bit into uh, philosophy and, and culture. We absolutely will not grow beyond 125 agents. We are done. We are capped. I have zero desire to scale the business. The Navy SEALs don't scale. If you want to be freaking exceptional at your craft and you want to have a culture of people who are committed to excellence, then my personal belief is you have to be um, committed to investing in the people that are part of your tribe. And that's just part of our philosophy. And so for us, it is 125 people who will simply be the best at what they do. Um, and and our, our passion is not selling real estate because the only conversation we're having is selling real estate. I'm out. I have no interest in just running a real estate company. Our passion, our mission has been about helping people discover and live the most extraordinary life they possibly can. And that requires a much deeper investment and a much bigger conversation that plenty of people don't want to have. You know, when, when we meet people who are interested in joining our company, we, we talk about what life do you want to be living? What decisions do you need to be making differently? And what are the uh, epiphanies that you've had about the mistakes that you've made and where you want to pivot in your life? And sometimes people just go, dude, I just want to sell real estate. I'm like, great. There are great places where you can go do that. But that's not the conversation that's most interesting to us. To me, if you will discover purpose and meaning and passion, clarity to what's most important in the life that you want to live, business becomes this beautiful and remarkable component of that. And so that's, that's our passion and part of the reason why we won't grow beyond 125. Um, and then there's a lot of science behind that as well. You look at uh, Roman legions and uh, armed forces and, uh, you know, the histories of tribes for hundreds of thousands of years, as you may define your, your belief around uh, how long anthropomorph anthropomorphically modern humans have been around. Tribes don't grow beyond about 150 people because they just get weird after about 150 people. Um, and so we just don't want to be weird beyond our natural weirdness, I suppose. Yeah, I've spent time in your office. You're all super weird, but I love you all. <laughs> no, okay. I'm just sitting here taking notes and smiling, Matt. I'm going to let David run this. There yeah. were so many amazing things you just said in one to two line quotables in that, that any leader listening to this, take note. Seriously, yeah. we'll yeah. go back and we, and we will make clips out of that later and send some to you, Matt. But there are some amazing things I'd love to unpack. But David, you run with this. I'll do follow up with Matt later. This, okay. oh, I love what you're saying, Matt. Yeah, I, I get a twinkle in my eye every time I talk to Matt because it's like I, I there's there's a there's a, a thread of truth that you just don't hear from a lot of other real estate leaders. You know, even the ones that are that are doing oh, we did ten thousand transactions. You know what I mean? And we're just going to scale to infinity to make me more money. Um, one of the things I, I really want to talk about, Matt, is yes, you're saving a lot of money on not having to spend on paid leads. And but that gets reinvested into your your agents. It gets reinvested into your company. You know the things that you do to build culture for for personal development. I mean, you're flying a freaking like world renowned author out for your next event this month. You know to speak to your agents um, as well as the you know the feedback cultivation piece. Talk to me a little bit about your mindset of reinvesting in your business through the cost savings of the referral business that you've built. 
Yeah, you know, it's um, much to the chagrin of, uh, of, of some of my business partners and our finance department. Um, uh, saving money has never been my motivation. Um, maximizing the amount of money that I make has never been my motivation. It has always been what else can we do to be just that much better to serve the agents that are our partners and to serve the consumer. Um, and so, you know, a, a company of 120 people, 120 agents, we've got a staff of 30 people. Um, and, uh, you know, we've made a, a we, are, we have a marketing department that um, we have 11 people in our marketing department alone. And um, uh, we just made the commitment yesterday that we're going to hire two more uh, in the next four months. So, uh, you know, for me, it's been, um, it, it took a long time to get there, David. It, it, uh, it, and not, the business decisions, but the clarity to my own values that helped me refine my thinking and my mindset around um, why are we investing the way that we are? Why do we take the risks that we do in order to create the organization that we claim to want? If it was about money, we would have made very different decisions. um, I believe that if you pursue purpose and meaning call it passion. I'm going to throw out a whole bunch of cliche phrases, I'm sure today, but cliches exist for a reason, right? I mean, they're just, there's some truisms in there um, that if you pursue purpose and passion and meaning, um, not as a soundbite, um, though, thank you for that, Jesse, um, it, it, assuming that you believe they're true, that, um, that money becomes this really powerful byproduct. You know, if you really believe in delivering value to your clients, if you really believe in demonstrating your expertise, if you really believe in uh, deepening relationships, if you truly believe in being remarkable at your craft, the professionalism of helping people buy and sell real estate, um, then the money will be a really powerful byproduct, but you will make decisions that will iterate the excellence in your business um, from that place of passion. And you'll be, I, my personal belief is, and I see this from so many business owners, that they're limited in their iteration because they're worried about cost. And it's just, it's never a consideration for me. Now, there's the moment of reality of, hey, we can go spend a million bucks on this stuff. Like, you know, yesterday we actually decided we're going to spend an extra $600,000 next year. Like, great. We've got some milestones we're going to achieve before we make some of those decisions. So there's still the practical business decisions and decisions in there. Good. Wait, well, and it sounds like for, I think for business leaders that are listening to this, it's probably kind of paradigm shifting, you know, and, and like ne- probably never heard hearing this perspective before, at least I hadn't. And, you know, I've been talking to real estate leaders for the last half decade. What are, what are some questions, Matt, that you would say other business leaders, you could postulate they could ask themselves if they wanted to look at a model similar to yours, right? As far as, you know, for Craig, for example, the, the individual that shows up every single agent power huddle to absorb information like a sponge, what are a couple of things that, that you could, you know, imbibe into him that he could ask himself to say, hey, maybe I could look at a model similar to that? You know, um, I guess we could explore that a little bit. Um, what immediately comes to mind is actually not answering your question, um, but uh, sharing a perspective, sure. which um, was a hard personal discovery for me. And mm-hmm. I find that this is universal um, across all human beings I have had conversation with. Um, 
I believe that, and I believe that these are some things that are deep in our DNA and also um, deep in what we've been taught, the, the nurture process that we go through. And that is a combination of the seeking of validation and the avoidance of judgment. Um, I promise I'm going somewhere. I it's hope okay, you're man. with us. Um, the, you know, deep in our DNA, we go back to tribes as an example. Deep in our DNA, I personally believe information is contained within our DNA that drives much of our behavior. It forms our beliefs and unconsciously causes us to behave in a certain way. So deep in our DNA, if in, if in fact that is true, then our tribal society mentality that we still have as part of who we are causes us to not want to get kicked out of the tribe. Um, if, you know, go back even 200 years ago, you're part of small communities and you do something stupid, you get kicked out of the community. Yeah. Um, no matter where you are on the planet, you get kicked out of the community. The chances of survival are so much lower. Yeah. And then, guys, when we were born, we learned that when we do something cute, mom and dad smile and we get love. When we do something dumb, mom and dad give us judgment. And um, and so a combination of our DNA and our nurture causes us to behave in a certain way that seeks validation of other people. Here's the one thing, and it is, you know, David, you and I have talked about the idea of me maybe writing a book someday, um, which I don't know if will ever happen. I just don't know if it's part of uh, what's really driving me. But Guys, this is one of the things I'm so incredibly passionate about as a leader. Um, and the title of the book that I, again, may want to write, maybe it's just a podcast, um, is what I call a leader's truth. And to me, a leader's truth is the discovery of your own personal values, where you are compromising those values and where those values must no longer be compromised. The pain that I felt in the first seven, eight, nine years of running my business um, and growing a brokerage and then every other business that, and David, you've seen this from me, every other business that I have been part of, um, I have non-negotiables and those non-negotiables aren't because I'm right. I just know that they're right for me. Um, and so it is the absolute identification of what do you stand for and what do you believe in? And do you have the right business partners? Are you surrounded by the right people? Do you have the right, um, you know, third party affiliates that are, uh, are part of your organization? that align with what you believe. And if they do not, I'm going to make a statement in an absolute that I may choose to retract at some point because maybe it's too controversial, but get rid of them. You have to do you. You have to do you. Otherwise, and that doing you doesn't mean calling other people wrong. Doing you means standing in your truth and being able to say, I love you. I care about you. I want you to be successful. But I have to follow my path. And I will tell you that for a long time, I did not. And it was the deepest source of my pain and anxiety, the lack of growth of our organization, lack of clarity to culture, and the stepping firmly in, in, into having the courage to live that truth was the most powerful thing that I learned to do as a leader. Um, and man, it was also the hardest thing. And again, that's why I go back to my passion is in helping people discover how to live the best life possible, because that wasn't about a business strategy for me. That was about a personal way of being. And everything in my life changed as a result of that personal choice.
And that's what I tell everybody in our company, whether it's our staff members or our agents, that our passion in helping people discover how to live well is that once you have the clarity to what you value, how you want to move through life, what your dreams actually are, and how to no longer compromise what you said was important to you, every aspect of your life, your health and fitness, your relationships, your spirituality, the purpose that you define for your life, which is this massively elusive and totally inappropriate thing to say, <laughs> because it's so hard to attend. It's like, it's, I, don't, I don't know what my purpose is. I want to help people live an amazing life. Um, that's going to be part of it for this you know, chapter of my life. So to answer your question, I would say for any leader, I don't care about your business model. I hope you do good. Um, I hope you have a positive impact on this industry. But most importantly, identify what's important to you, identify what you value and eliminate everybody that doesn't align with that. Because there are, go watch the 18 minute launch of Simon Sinek to the world. His, his um, 18 minute TED talk um, about why people make decisions. I can't remember what the name of the talk is. Start with um, why, isn't it? Start, but it is, yeah, why? start with why. Um, what he said was that, um, that there are, and this is what I took away from one of the things I took away from it, was there are enough people out there who need what you have to offer in the manner in which you choose to offer it. Surround yourself with people who believe what you believe, who stand for what you stand for. Um, and this goes for, you know, those of you that are, that are still spending the majority of your day selling real estate, that's your clients too. You will have amazing, unbelievable relationships if you attract people based on what you believe, not based on what you provide. Um, that's my personal passion and like mind-blowing personal freedom comes from that. What the hell else are we doing? Like the, the truth is that none of us on this really care about selling another home. What we care about is the life that we get to live through the execution, through the result. And hopefully that you find, you know, some deeper love and passion um, and, and purpose or meaning in the job that we get to do because of the tremendous impact that we get to have on people's lives. Um, so that was my circuitous answer. That, that, was an, that was an incredible answer. And I was wrong. I'm going to fact check myself. I already did it in the chat box. The book is called Start With Why, mm. which is the brand I know, but the TED Talk was called How Great Leaders Inspire Action. Mm, there you go. That's what his first TED Talk was. 56 million views. I dropped a link in the chat. Um, can I ask a question, David? Okay. Yeah, well, means. So Matt, first of all, the book that David's trying to get you to write, you're correct. It's not a book. It's a podcast to start. It may be, I'm, I'm very, and I can walk you through offline. I just had a conversation. That is how books and movies are being made these days is actually starting as podcast because you get to workshop with real-time feedback, what is resonating, what's not in a very low barrier environment. So we can talk offline. I have a couple I'm launching with people. would love to collaborate with you on that if you're looking for collaborators. You bet. Um, and my question is, you've clearly done a lot of personal growth on a journey. Is there any place that for you was the moment, whether it was an event, a mentor, a book, a something that, or has it been an evolution of everything over time? Oh my gosh. What a humongous question to try and distill an entire life up to this point down to a moment. You, you got two, you got two minutes. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, the short answer is no. And you know, what, what comes to mind, Jesse is, um, Boy, you know what comes to mind is stop looking for those moments. Do the work. Do the work every day. Um, be in a state of gratitude, which I fail at all the time. Be in a state of gratitude. Stop living in judgment and resentment. Stop being a victim to what other people um, are subjecting you to. Nobody's subjecting us to anything. 
they're doing them the best they possibly can. So for me, um, you know, the, uh, yeah, I'm sure there have been some seminal moments, you know, whether it's, you know, getting bucked off the horse and learning to pick myself back up or getting knocked out on a football field and picking myself back up and going into a game or um, doing something dumb and having to apologize uh, in a profound moment. I mean, we've all had these things. And so for me, you know, what comes to mind is love the entire freaking journey and recognize, I mean, I, you know, for me, I, I'm a, a personal development coach and a behavioral science junkie and a business development coach and all of this shit. But the truth is that like, I'm just exploring what it means to be human. And none of us really know the answer to that question. Um, but I think that if we can be curious and interested every day, that we find beauty and meaning and purpose in every single day and every single interaction. We can just have a smile on our face and say, I'm just having another experience. It all breaks down in extremes. I understand that. Like there are terrible things that are happening in the world. And I have those moments where I just get pissed off at what's going on in the world. Um, but the meta observation for me is being curious, looking at this journey of human existence going back, whether it's 300,000 years or it's Roman times or Egyptian times or looking at what's happening today or 100 years ago, the meta observation of these ebbs and flows of the decisions that societies make and that the experiences humans have, um, it gives me just a little bit of perspective in a moment just to be curious and then to be able to bring it back to my own life to say, as a result of that context, what different decisions can I make today? So I don't know that there has been really this seminal moment. It's just been this, you know, peeling back the layers and getting to ultimately what is true. And, um, and, and I don't have the answers. I just have better questions than I used to. <clears throat> That's the quote right there. So I, Jesse, I'm going to answer that question because I've, I've been kind of walking a journey with Matt as well over the last couple of years. And like my life changed my life changed when I met Matt in a circle of friends of Matt who challenged me as Dave Tam to ask me the really hard questions. I've never had a problem with work ethic or, you know, making money or anything like that. It was the deeper stuff that helped being around people like Matt helped bubble all that to the surface and allow me to address it that no therapist could trust me. I've been through 15 years of therapy, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, and that has, that has, critically helped my business life and my marriage and, and all the other aspects of my life. And it just oozes out of him. And so I would, I would implore everybody listening to this to, to find somebody like that in your life that, that can challenge you, that wants you to be better, to grow. And when I walk through the halls of Colorado Home Realty and I'm talking with the agents, every single one of them is like that. Every single one of them is like that. So, and it's been curated. It didn't happen by accident, in my opinion. It did happen with a lot of mistakes though. Sure. Um, and, and we'll continue to make them, you know, I mean, I, 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 and David, thank you for that. And, and, you know, for those of you that, um, don't know David, uh, intimately, which this is getting a little weird since he started off by saying he loves me. Um, <laughs> and, and then he got a twinkle in his eye at one point, um, that, um, uh, I am married with children, by the way, if anybody, yeah, can. yeah, I'm married and I've got fat. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, that, you know, David's a guy who, will change the world. Um, and, but what I implore everybody to consider is that we all have that capacity, yeah. the ripple effect of good that we can have every single day by showing up with heart 
um, and letting go of all of these bullshit behaviors and emotions that are rooted in these beliefs that just aren't true. Um, uh, are we all have that capacity? I'm just a guy. I'm just a, I'm just a guy who got curious when I was 20 years old and um, fell in love with a girl and I didn't know how to ask her out. And I read Jack Canfield's book, Even Eagles Need a Push. Um, like that, no shit, guys. That's when it all started. Um, was um, uh, that? I mean, there's one of those moments, right? And it was just, it was one of those moments. Um, and so, uh, David, my another one of my moments was sitting at um, uh, the Pepsi Center in Denver with a friend of mine who is one of the top management consultants in the world um, in the private equ equity venture capital space. And um, we were supposed to go into a U2 concert and we missed almost the entire concert because of the depth of the conversation we were having. And he exposed me to coaching in that moment, the concept of coaching in that moment, both being coached and then that started my journey of becoming a coach. So, yeah, there's all these inflection points, um, you know, and I feel like we should probably talk about real estate maybe a little bit today. I don't I don't know. But we're out of time. Actually, I was, I was just going to oh. I was just going to say I am surprised not at all that you almost missed a YouTube concert at the depth of this conversation. This conversation, by the way, can go on for hours and hours. This is the official end of the call. So I think we're going to have to book a part two or three. Do you, do you want people to reach out to you, Matt? Like, do you, do you want to, like, I see you have your email address on the screen. Do you mind if people email you like, no, not at all. Just bear in mind, I, I am ridiculously busy over the next couple of weeks. And so um, I, I, you know, after the, uh, the 15th of October, I'll have a little more time, yeah. um, but we've got a huge company event coming up. It, Jesse, if I may, uh, just I want to leave everybody with um, this maybe somewhat provocative idea. I believe the inflection point of change in the real estate industry has already occurred. And I believe that the inflection point of change is not because of the advent of technology um, or the existence of Zillow or Open Door or whatever the other models are. I believe that change, that the opportunity for that change existed because of the incompetence in our business and the lack of value that agents deliver to consumers. Agents don't even know their own value. They don't know how to articulate it, let alone deliver it. And so I see the industry as the spectrum that, um, that we must evolve beyond, or we will all work for the Zillows of the world because there is a consumer perception that cheaper is better, um, that more efficient is better, um, which there are elements of both of those that are true that are absent the, the ingredient of value. And I believe that the evolution of this industry is the delivery of value over time when no transaction is on the line. And I break that down into three things, deepening of relationships, delivery of value and demonstration of expertise. And if we do that every single day with your tribe, your 150 people that you know, you invest in those 150 people as the people that are in your care because of your excellence and expertise. You are the one who is shooting the videos and sharing the market stats and helping people understand what's going on with the economy and with interest rates and you know, utilizing your resources where you can draw information and then share that information, but be unattached to the outcome, be unattached to whether or not those people actually use you to help them buy and sell real estate. I promise you, and this is based on my own experience. And so, yes, I'm going to project the hell out of this all over the place. I promise that your business will be more profitable and more fun than it has ever been. And that you will find more meaning and more purpose in the, in the work that you do. But this is not about following a coaching plan. 
It, this is not about having particular taglines or, you know, marketing flyers that you're sending out. The hard work is in figuring out what is the art of your craft? How do you deepen relationships? How do you deliver value and how do you demonstrate expertise? Yeah, I've got a menu of each of those things, but the art of your craft is what, what will ultimately provide fulfillment and have your engagement with other humans authentic. And then we also got to be really damn good at our job. You got to know how to write a contract and communicate and negotiate and do a CMA and set expectations and all of the you know, fundamental things. Um, I, I personally hope that the 2 million realtors across the country gets distilled down to about 500,000 at some point over the next five, seven, 10 years. And uh, if we look at the history of what Charles Schwab has done with their most elite educators who ended up making more money and serving their consumers at a much higher level, I think that's the future of the real estate industry for those that are committed to delivering value over time, not at the time of the transaction. So, that was a fantastic way to wrap it up. Seriously. That was, I, I'm just, I just typed in the chat box. We had a guest on another one of David Tam's friends talking about the culling that is coming. Right. And I had them play the clash song, London calling at the end that you just said it again. It's another calling. David, you want to, you want to put this all together? Cause that was an incredible Matt. Seriously, This is one of the favorite episodes we've ever shot of this. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And, and I did very little of the talking. So Matt, like from the bottom of my heart, thank you for being here and sharing your expertise and knowledge with the group. It's going to make the industry better. It's going to serve clients better. Um, for anybody else that's, that's listening or viewing, we're going to tag us at, at the bottom of Facebook and on the podcast. If you have questions, please do reach out. Don't just sit in a vacuum in a closet and hope things are going to change. Take some action. Okay. All right, guys. Thanks for being here. Have a great day, guys. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, David. Have a great day, all. Bye, guys. Bye. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.